Hello Super Johnny, hello Super Trevor, it's me, Mario, woohoo, mamma mia, you guys, you're number one, woohoo, see you in my games, aha. Uh, so there you have it, sir. You've now seen the house. Uh, what are your thoughts and concerns about uh, old Castlevania here? Well, um, first of all, find uh, isn't it a beautiful house? I mean, it's well, a castle, really. Well, I'm, I'm a little. I mean, it's really not a castle, and it, why is it called Castlevania? Why, why does it have a name? Like, I'm just confused by this whole. Uh, the owner, the previous owner, uh -huh. had called it that, and we. At the agency, just like the name of it, so we kind of kept it. It's okay. uh, it's a it's a beautiful house. It's castle lock. I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful place. The architecture alone. I mean, look at. I mean, and it's what's even more amazing is I think it's right in your price range. So, I got I do have to admit, I really am liking the house, but I have a couple things. Okay. Um, first of all, I saw like some weird notes scribbled uh, on this piece of paper in the basement. It said that. This house will only rise every hundred years? Yeah. What's that all about? Okay, just a small thing. Every 100 years or so. I mean, it's just, it's nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, every 100 years. Something may happen. That's, it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, it said something about some dark lord, possibly named Dracula, returning. I mean, okay, every 100 years. Uh, every 100 years, sure, Dracula comes up out of the ground, but who cares, you know? Yeah, I guess I can overlook that. But, yeah. All right, one thing. This is a small thing. Okay. Um, I, I did notice a leaky faucet, but also there were some Medusa heads floating in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to come and go. Okay. I mean, any old house you get is going to have some sort of, uh, you know, like raccoons or something. Right, yeah. And they'll go away eventually. I mean, we'll have somebody come out of the house and try to... You know, uh, patch some things up. I can't do anything with the leaky faucet, though. Okay. Well, all right. Here's here's another one. It's another small thing, but okay. So I went out to the garage, and I did notice a little bit of the like the vinyl siding was a little loose. Uh huh. And also there was a skeleton throwing bones at me. Right. Um. Anything you can do about that? About the vinyl siding? That'd be the main thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we could probably fix that. No problem. Okay. I mean, was that the only issue there? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I did get. I actually climbed up on the roof and I checked the shingles. Uh huh. There are a few shingles loose, which concern me a little bit. And also, like, a four-foot-wide bat was uh, gnawing at my face when I was up on the roof. Do you think that's a problem? Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, we do suggest that you have your rabies shots. Okay. But other than that, I mean, shingles? Are you going to really lose this house over shingles? I guess not. I think maybe the bat gave me shingles. Oh, I should also tell you there's also a Frankenstein in the garage down there. Frankenstein, the oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like his actual monster of Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah. Not the oh. scientist, the monster itself. He oh. left it there, but it's okay. It's being guarded by some weird hunchback-like creature, and it only gets animated in the thunderstorm. Okay. I, I think I'm sold. You've talked me into it. Just right. one last thing. Okay. Um, Like, up above the... When I was looking at the Grim Reaper that was kind of hanging out on the top of the chimney. Yeah, George. Like, yeah. yeah, with his big sickle, and uh -huh. like staring at me menacingly. Yeah. I noticed that uh, there were a few bricks loose on the chimney. Yeah, uh, okay. The bricks we can't do anything about, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. uh, that would be a part of the house when you buy it. Uh, the Grim Reaper just kind of stays around. Really, it's all he's really doing, and we're sorry about this, but this is the best place for him to get reception. 
and okay. we're not going to tell him that he can't because it's the Grim Reaper. But he just needs a reception to listen to his favorite podcast. Okay. Um, podcast. Yeah, his favorite podcast. I can't stand podcasts. What does he listen to? He listens to a show, and it's called Retro Blist. That felt more smooth than I was imagining. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing when we started. and We never do. That happened. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Retro Blizzed. Uh, thank you for joining us in the very last episode of Retro Scared Month. Uh, be prepared to be scared, to have the goosebumps rise upon your arms and your faces and your already goosebumps. It's goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Not the book, but the actual goosebumps. Okay. And then after that, be scared some more. Your blood will run cold and will curdle when you hear the tale of Castlevania. And by that he means we've really not covered a single actual scary game this month. Right. But, hey, Castlevania is kind of like the quintessential 8-bit spooky game, right? I would say so. I would think this is a... Would you call this a heavy hitter? I think it is. Oh, yeah. I think... uh, Well, I have... I have zero interest in it personally, but there's a new show on Netflix called Castlevania. Right. Obviously, based on where this game started at all. Oh, that makes sense. There's a ton of games in the series. Um, I think it's going to be a big game for people, and this is where it all started. But before we talk about the game... That's right. Let's go somewhere else. Let's uh, let's just say that we cover a new game every week. We, we sit do. down and play it. Uh-huh. And we're basically just going to tell you our memories, our thoughts, a little bit of history, and does it still hold up today? That's right. Because you can't just live on nostalgia alone. That's true. And a little disclaimer, Trevor is running on approximately two and a half hours sleep. I have an excuse for my performance every single week. That's right. And I am just a blithering fool. Exactly. And you've signed up for this show. So who's the joke on, really? I mean, you, you bunch of morons listen to this. You listen to me, Andrew Coed. (laughs) You listen to me, Mr. Kellogg. There there goes that Patreon, don't (laughs) So let's just let's just get into Castlevania. Let's get into our Patreon real quick first. Get Fine. that out of the way. Really quick. Fine. Really fast. Let's get this done and let's make it spooky. You can go to our Patreon. Just search for Retro Blist on the Patreon and be like all the cool kids, all the ghoul kids, and Jeez. sign up for it. You can do a dollar. You can do five dollars. <laughs> or you can do ten dollars. And that'll get you different things. Yeah, and uh, hey, next episode we're going to announce what Patreon pick game we're going to be covering, so uh, get on there and donate at least $5 and get your vote in. Now, Trevor, this is October, Yes, and this is kind of sad for me, because I think we've had a very good overall retro scare month. Uh huh. We've had some good games. We've really been lucky. We have. Because we've not played all of them before this month. That's right. <laughs> yes. so, I didn't word that right. Some of them we had not played before this month. That's right. You're on two and a half hours yeah. sleep. It's there okay. we go. And... Overall, we've been, like you said, lucky, and it's kind of sad to me that this is the last game in the month for it. Yeah, and uh, this is also the final episode we're recording ahead of time, because my vacation at the end of the month. And you need sleep. So, uh, <laughs> it's not quite Halloween yet when we're recording this, full disclosure, but by now you're probably out getting candy, watching Stranger Things Season 2. That's right, that's what I'm going to be doing. Playing Super Mario Odyssey, that's what I'm going to be doing by the time you hear this. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I want to play that too, but Stranger Things Season 2 is a priority over that. I me. really don't know how I choose between the two. Like, you know Mario what, to be fair, is like colossal. It's easy for me because I don't have a Switch. Yeah, that does make it easy, <laughs> don't it? Okay. But this isn't about Mario or Stranger Things. That's right. This is about Castlevania. But we have been called Stranger Things before. We have, yep. And let's... I don't know where we'll go with that, but this is about Castlevania. I'm just going to repeat words that you already okay. said. 1987 Konami. 1987 Konami. Uh, directed by Hitoshi... <laughs> let me start again. Hitoshi Akamatsu. I'm not going to repeat that one because yeah, I, I will I, butcher it worse than you did. I don't know if it could be worse, but we'll see. Now, I have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, the director, right? Uh-huh. Okay. I confess, I looked up very minimal things about this game. Right. Because you usually do the history, and I don't uh-huh. want to ruin Bliss quizzes. Uh-huh. Now, I do know that the credits of this game are are known uh, for something. Yes, I meant to include that in the Blitz Quiz, but I didn't. Okay, so uh, I can talk about yeah. this. Okay, all right, so the this is a big-time spoiler. If you're able to beat this game, yeah. uh, you get some really fun uh-huh. plays on words and puns and stuff in the... the yeah. So do we know... The one thing that I read that really kind of fascinated me is we don't actually... Apparently, we don't actually really know who created Castlevania. Huh. That's what I read. I don't know if you read differently. Uh, I'll be honest. I guess to get this out of the way right now, this is one of those classic series that I'm pretty naive to. I've just I played them here and there, but that's about it. So I honestly don't know. Okay. I know that the the unfallible source of Wikipedia said the director is uh, Hitoshi Akamatsu. Yeah. I mean that might have been director, but that doesn't. I don't know who mean created they, it. They created no, it, right? That's true. I don't uh, know. The other thing I was going to say, and it kind of goes on what you were just saying there for a second. This series is one that I'd always heard of growing up. Uh, one of my best pals in school, Chris Corona, shout out to Chris, mm-hmm. loved this game, and he would always talk about this game when we bring up video games. Yeah. He's a big uh, Castlevania series fan, but I never really played it. This is one of those that I, I, I never spent any time with. So this game has been really hyped up for me for a long... It's like, you know, there's a movie that everybody's seen, mm-hmm. and everybody loves it, and they hop it up like crazy. Yeah. And then it's, but you don't see it when it comes out right away. Yeah. And you wait till much later when it comes out on DVD or it's mm-hmm. on Netflix to see it. That was what I felt like going into this game. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna pretend that just because the series is super popular that we grew up playing it because we grew up pretty much playing the games that either we got as presents or we were able to buy that we were lucky enough to find you know at a rental store or something yeah. for cheap. So this is just one that. Right, we really didn't grow up with it. Now, that being said... You've definitely heard of it, though. Exactly, and the NES game... Sorry, there's something outside. I just realized it's a dirt bike. It's really... Yeah, it's a motorcycle. It was really confusing me. So, (laughs) (laughs) this original Castlevania, uh, I have the cartridge sitting in front of me, but I've not owned it for very long. It's just one of those games I felt like I had to get. Yeah. But Super Castlevania Four for the Super Nintendo is a game my uncle gave or sold to us Years ago, back when the Super Nintendo was still big. So I do have experience, but with the 16-bit counterpart. So it's kind of like I said with my Ghost and Goblins episode. I started out with the Super version yeah. <laughs> of this game. And so that's my memories. And that was, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll cover that game at some point. But I thought that was a pretty fantastic game. So I really was ready to go back and play the original. Yeah, my only memories of the series on the Nintendo is going over to Chris's house and he he would play it for a little bit. I never actually ever played yeah. it, from what I remember. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I always heard about it. I know a lot of my friends love the series, not just Chris. I mean, mm-hmm. more... And when we get to our fan feedback here later, this game series is beloved. 
And I should backtrack a little bit. I actually have quite a bit of history with this series, but it was after right. the 8-bit games. I played uh, at least two of the Game Boy Advance games. I played at least two of the DS games. Um, this series had a long history on Nintendo's handhelds, even more so than on the original NES. So yeah, my experience starts with Castlevania 4 and then goes to the portable versions, basically. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So let's see how the original holds up. Yeah. So, Trevor, what is the story of Castlevania? Well, it's very deep and complex. Okay. Uh, but basically, uh, you want to kill Dracula. So right. his his castle rises every hundred years. Uh-huh. And Simon Belmont is going to go kill him. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. So. Have they tried to talk it out? Uh, I just think negotiations failed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, have they maybe sent in somebody else? Sometimes you got to send in a third party. I think uh, the whip is the negotiator in this case. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So, want to just talk about how it looks? Nope. All right. I'm going to. <laughs> let's start with the graphics. Okay, let's start with the graphics. It's a good idea because I have it in mind too. That's oh, okay. All right. Sorry. So, 1987. This is like... Where were you in 87, Trevor? I was probably getting ready to poop my pants. I, mean, I, think I don't know, I, three I, years I, old, I probably wasn't pooping my yeah, pants And anymore. I was five, so we weren't doing a lot. Yeah, I was probably <laughs> learning to poop in a potty. Probably. Like this. this is a good conversation. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Sorry, when my brain is on two hours sleep, I yep. kind of go to poop yep. jokes. Yep, Sorry. so that's all this show's going to be. <laughs> no, but seriously, in 1987, this was just a couple <laughs> years after the launch of the show. imagine if you love this show and... Like, we're going to cover Castlevania, which is a major... Oh, my gosh. Castlevania. They're covering Castlevania. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to this. And it's just you talking about pooping yourself at three <laughs> <'Cause>, years old. <laughs> what a letdown we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the NES came out in North America in 85. So this is an early, early NES game. I don't think... Um, that should be on our t-shirt. Richard yeah. Bliss, what a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> Too accurate. <laughs> I think what never quite... What quite... I can speak. What grabbed me mm-hmm. all these years is just how, um, I guess, fundamental the original Castlevania was in establishing this kind of gameplay. Because, of course, you had your Mario Brothers and really just opened up the world to what video games could be. Yeah. Especially platformers. But the action platformer, you know, you had like Kung Fu and, oh, what was another one around that time? Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Sure. Anyways, there were just a couple of action platformers at the time, and Castlevania was like in that initial wave of this kind of game. And I think it really kind of set the precedent for what people expected for not just a platformer like Mario, but an action platformer, and there's right. a difference. Yeah, like, there, there is. It's, it's very much a difference. And that's this game is definitely an action platformer. Right. Yeah. But graphically, I mean, my goodness, I think for 87, you can't deny this game looks fantastic. For 87, you really got to put it in that timestamp of the, when it came out. It's an early NES game. And once you think of that, you realize that this game, especially with all it's got going on, yeah, it does look pretty dang good with all things. There are better looking games in the NES. Like, I think, well, this isn't unfair because it came out later. Mario 3 is a much better looking game. Yeah. But for its time, this was a great looking game. I think when I started thinking about, holy cow, 87, that is super early. Yeah. I'm blown away by how good this game looks. This had to be a, considered a powerhouse when it came out. Because, I mean, compare it to even the best of the best, the original Super Mario Brothers at its time. Like, this game is a lot more detailed. 
granted, they had a couple more years to work with the system. Yeah. Now, you're right. It doesn't quite hold up to Mario 3, which came out much later. But I don't know if there's a better looking game from 87 or earlier. I can't think of one. Um, I'm also bad with that stuff. So yeah. Maybe there is. But our point is, this game was good. Yeah. Looks for great. When, for when it came out. So. Yeah. And um, I, I think the last thing I'll say about the graphics is I love that it's trying to have this sort of more creepy atmosphere. Yeah. But it's actually a pretty colorful game. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, but I will say the the even though it's colorful, it definitely establishes an atmosphere. It does. It feels like the levels feel connected. Yeah, I, I do think it does that better than most NES games. It feels like a cohesive whole without feeling generic. Yeah, and the game definitely feels like you're going through a castle, and the castle uh-huh. just has different parts of it, and they, and not every room looks the same, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Because if they all look the same, that would have really hurt it, in my Com- opinion. Compare this to say. Uh, our first uh, game this month we covered was uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. Ghosts and Goblins, sorry. <laughs> Still getting it backwards. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins, and although I mentioned I loved the first level and the character of that first level, it kind of felt a little too gray to me after that, a little yeah. too generic. This game, to me, is above and beyond uh, Ghosts and Goblins in that area. It's just every level felt unique, and there was enough going on. It didn't feel too samey. Yeah. Now, with that being said, every level is pretty much just another room of the house. Is that the best way to put it? Right. It's so, in that castle. aspect, it does get a little samey. I'm not going to let it get yeah. completely off with that. But, when comparing it to Ghosts and Goblins, I would say it does a better job. Right. You're not going to go to a fire level or a mushroom kingdom. Right. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. But considering it technically all is supposed to take place in and around the castle, I think they did a great job keeping it varied. Yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. So, and by the way, uh, we may not completely agree in this episode. I'm not totally sure. We've had a little discussion before. So this is going to be a spicy, scary episode. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to, like, afflict your opinions on this game. I'm very. I think we might have different opinions at the end. So just to be clear, I'm Trevor. So get used to the sound of my voice. (laughs) Yeah, He wants you to send all the hate mail to me, Johnny, is what he's saying. And I can take it. Go ahead and at me. (laughs) So so let's let's talk about the music. I'll take it all on. So uh, uh, do you want to stop saying these names? Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) You probably can't read my writing. Okay, let's leave it more fun then. So Johnny's going to try to read my writing of these names. This is the music. Two Uh, composers. Can can Nuyo... Trevor, I can't, is that a M or a W? M. All right. Yamashita. Yamashita. I feel very confident in that one. Yep. Uh, S-A-T-O-E. Satoi, Satoi Terashima. Yeah. I think it's pretty close. What Johnny said. Yeah. Terashima. Composers for this game. Now, Trevor, since we're going to the music, uh-huh. I think we should mention that a lot of people really hold the soundtrack of this game up high. I've heard mm-hmm. I've read it in many different places, not just from people commenting on our stuff, but in other on other websites and stuff when looking into this game a little bit. Uh-huh. That a lot of people absolutely adore this soundtrack. So, what did you think of the music and the sound? Well, you're letting me go first, and I already kind of know you don't hold the same opinion. And I was <laughs> I was holding back my opinion. Uh, I think the soundtrack's pretty fantastic. Um, I'm interested to hear some of your possible counterpoints. Yeah, that's Trevor's fault, not mine. I'm a professional. I'm going to put my phone over here. That'll help. <laughs> um, I love that each stage, its song is so different. To be fair, I was just happy that it wasn't me this time. Um, 
It's not going to take much to throw me off right now. I'm kind of getting in that. <laughs> Sorry. My eyes are turning to a zombie stare, which is appropriate. You're talking about music. Music, yes. <laughs> I think that each stage is so distinct. Um, and that first stage is just so iconic. And I don't want to talk too much about the sequel, but this is going to come up a lot for me. I feel like the 16-bit sequel did what the very best Super Nintendo games did, and that was take an NES game and make it super. Um, Makes sense. So <laughs> I feel that way about all areas of Super Castlevania 4, including the music. But the, the opening track to that game, if I'm not mistaken, is taking the opening track to this game and just blowing it up. And that... Super gas, super gas. That's Super Gasylvania Four. Super gas. Opening track is like one of the most awesome pieces of video game music yeah. to me. I feel like I've had Super Gas before. Yes, <laughs> I adore it. But this is the start of it, and it's still super cool, even in eight bit. Um, every level, at least up until the fourth level, which is like, I think like the tenth stage, because each each level is broken into stages. Anyways, up until that point, I pretty much loved all the songs. Now. And the fourth level is when the game really starts getting hard. And so I heard the same loop of the same song about 30 <laughs> times. Yeah. And I didn't care if I heard it again at the moment. <laughs> that same, like, drum beat. Yeah. But that might have just been from your situation. That was from my situation. Yeah. Not because it wasn't a cool song. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think this music is classic for a reason. And not that, that means you have to love it personally. But I think I think I can I say that I would probably grow to love it if I played the game more. It's I think it's pretty great. Um, oh man. Now tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong, actually. Aww. When I was telling you about my thoughts on the music before we re-recorded, I made a point to say this. This month, just this month alone, the games uh-huh. that we've covered this month alone, albeit all but one game, yeah, the music in all those games has been really, really good. Too oh, fantastic. Yeah. And this is in that same category. I would put it with those. But for me, this is for me, music mm-hmm. is very subjective. <clears throat> what you like, I may not like, and vice versa. And that's fine. And that mm-hmm. should be fine. I did think this music is very good. I mean, I've been humming it still after you were playing it. It's still in my head. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive for it, if you ask me, that mm-hmm. I can still remember it. Uh, it's But compared to uh, Gremlins 2, compared to Monster in My Pocket, I adore those soundtracks now. And I would mm-hmm. put those above this one. Personally, but I still like this one. I don't want to feel like I'm bashing this soundtrack because obviously any moron off the street, aka myself, mm-hmm. can tell you that this is good music, a bit music. It's mm-hmm. really good and it's classic for a reason. And I totally get it. But I would put those other two above this one personally. But I would still give us music high marks. Oh, uh, you can send your hate mail to at Johnnyism28. Yeah, but I feel I'm right. So go no, ahead. No, <laughs> before I totally oppose what you just said, let me just say that I love that I don't ever want to be. <laughs> I don't ever want to be a show, and I'm not accusing anyone of doing this, but I don't ever want to be a show that's like, well, everybody says this is great, so we better say it's great. Right. No, if you don't love the music, I want you to explain it. That's awesome. No, again, again, I didn't say I hated it. No, no, but if you don't, if you like Monsters in My Pocket more, then I think you should be able to say that. Right, and I do. Just because it's, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. However. But I will say this music is more iconic than those two. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, right. Is it okay to say? All right, here's, here, let's do this right quick. We didn't plan this out. Okay. Do you think we can rank the music for the games we played so far? That's a good idea, yeah. So the first episode was uh, Ghouls and Go- I, Ghosts and Goblins. Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. Uh, All Real Monsters. Monster in My Pocket and Castlevania. That's the right. five games we got working with. I think we could both go ahead and agree what the last one would be, and it's the, All Real Monsters. All Real Monsters yeah. is a distant, distant 
Fifth. And it's almost unfair to it away because the other four are so good. Yeah, it's just not good music. Though. But it's just not going to compare to the top four. Now, here's this where is where it gets tricky. hard to dicey for me. Because we really, we have got very lucky this month. Yeah. With the quality of the games overall and the soundtracks. Okay, I have a number four in my head already. All right, tell me. <sighs> I think I know what it is. This I'm gonna, is hard because I'm trying to get the other ones in my head right I'm now. I'm going to get hated for this. Uh-huh. I already know it. I gotta put this one's Castlevania. 4. So you heard it here first. Monsters in my pocket. When I say this, these Gremlins are all two. close. These are all close. And Ghosts and Goblins all have better music than Castlevania. <laughs> okay, the main theme for Ghosts and Goblins, I will always love forever, yeah. oh, and yeah. I hold it above this one personally. The music yeah. for Gremlins Two uh, blew me away, but that may be really because cool. I wasn't expecting a much. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember that and put that in perspective. But I liked it better than this one, and uh, you know. And it's almost not fair because Monsters in My Pocket also holds a very nostalgic part of my heart when compared to this game. And it's almost not fair, really. But that's me personally. This is just my opinion. So I would put Castlevania 4. Finish your ranking then, then I'll try to get okay. mine. Castlevania 4. So you got five as Auro Monsters. Auro Monsters. Castlevania's 4. Uh, three, I'd probably go Ghosts and Goblins. Because really, after that one track, there's maybe two good songs overall. And they're very good, but don't None of them are as good as that original yeah. track. Yeah. Uh, Two would probably. This is where it gets really tough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to put Gremlins two and then Monsters in my pocket, but it's very close. All yeah. four. Like if you told me that I needed to put Castlevania at the top, I would hear you out, and I would probably at least put it up to a tie. Well, we're just talking about our enjoyment, so you don't need to do anything. Well, I'm not going to. But maybe stop looking could. at me. Okay. Weird. <laughs> um, oh, we don't have video, so nobody. Yeah, that so. <laughs> kind of joke doesn't really work. But <laughs> we're the only we're gonna we're gonna be a podcast that only does visual jokes. This is really tongue in cheek because I'm. It's been a few weeks now since we played some of these, and I'm yeah. trying to get in my head. But off the top of my head, Auro Monsters. Auro Monsters is yeah. my number fifth for music. My number fifth. My number fifth. <laughs> I'm actually going to put Ghosts and Goblins at fourth, and the only reason I'm doing that is because. I don't remember any of the music standing out to me except for that amazing first track. Yeah. If the whole Ghosts and Goblins game was just that first level, I think it would be almost as good as it is because I don't think any of the other levels are as good. Yeah, that first level is so fantastic. Right. But In yeah, the original. I, I, now, yeah. the sequels, I think, improve that. But yeah. So, yeah, I would put Our Real Monsters at a distant fifth, then Ghosts and Goblins at a very strong fourth. Oh, here's where it gets hard because I love all the other soundtracks. Yeah. They're all very good. I know it sounds uh, like I'm bashing no. Castlevania. I'm not. I, I'm, here's what I'm going to do, though, and I'm being honest. I think I would put Monsters in my pocket at three just because Gremlins 2 surprised me more. Some of those soundtracks are so quirky in that game. Yeah. But those I could switch back and forth easy. And I am going to put Castlevania at one because I think... Now, to be fair, I only made it to the fourth level of six, but all four levels have very distinct soundtracks. And assuming the fifth and sixth do, I think for pure quality, Castlevania has six at least six quality tracks. Um, whereas some of the others are maybe like, there's a few that stand out more. So I think for overall quality, I'm going to put Castlevania at number one for the games we played this month. But I could be talked differently. That, that was a good aside, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, always... a new segment we just pulled out of you know where. Yeah, I'm only slightly bored. Now yeah. what we were talking about, music. Music, so yeah. So we're, we're both still saying it's very good. Yeah, I think the music yeah. is... Probably fantastic. I'll let you know after play the game more. You think it's probably very good. I would say very. I would. I would give it two varies. Very, very right. good. Okay. I can, I can live with that. I put it well, well, well above average. I would. If we were just ranking the music out of ten, yeah. let's do that. Okay, real quick. I would give this easily a eight and a half. Easily for me personally. Gosh. I know you would go higher. 
Yeah, for I mean, I don't have nostalgia with this original one, but for NES soundtracks, I don't. I'd probably have to go a nine or so. This is this is some pretty great eight yeah. bit music. And my eight eight and a half is still very high. Oh, yeah. for the record, because I've given Auro Monsters like a three, and that's just being generous. Oh lord, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so all right, so that's the music. I think uh, it's classic for a reason. Yes. All right, Trevor. Now it's time for the gameplay. Yes. I like to set things up so you think I'm going somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just take my time and not correct you and see if you're going the right place now. <laughs> okay. What time are you going to do that and it, you're going to be right the whole time. Now, Trevor, uh, like we said before, this is an action platformer. Yes. Um, would you say this is more action than platforming or vice versa? I would say it's probably more action than platforming, but you're going to die mostly on the platforming. That's yes. And the bosses probably. But <laughs> well, let's, let's get to it. This game yeah. has been known to be pretty hard. Uh-huh. It does have that reputation, I would say. A lot of the feedback we got would bring that up, the mm-hmm. difficulty level and how accomplished you felt. But I will say that this game is one of those that is, I would say it's hard, but it's beatable. Does that make sense? It felt unlike uh, Ghosts and Goblins, which I felt like, fuck, I'm never going to finish that game. Yeah. I felt pretty confident in this one, at least until the fourth level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's only six levels. Let me just say that. There's only six levels. Again, I had very little experience with this original Castlevania game for whatever reason. Yeah. Don't understand why. Um, I've made it through the first three levels of six, so halfway through the game, without a whole lot of sweat. I thought, you know, it's a fair challenge. I, you know, I died some, not a lot. And for my first time through, I mean, that's the first time I'd ever seen the second level of the original Castlevania. I thought, that's not bad. Then I made it to the fourth level. Which each level is bo- broken into three stages, so that's really like the tenth stage. Yeah. Um, but it's seamless. Like, you don't really even realize you're going to another stage. You just go through yeah, a door. Yeah, I would agree with that. It does a really good job with that. That is cool, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're on, you realize you're on stage three, and like, oh, when did this happen? It's just because you yeah. went through another part of the castle. Yeah, you know, like, uh, for example, let's just compare it to Mario. You know, you definitely know when you're on a different part. Not just right. because of how it looks, but because the game technically just tells you. Right. There's a whole screen in between. This one, you just walking through a door, pretty much, yeah. and then you're at a different stage. Until you beat three stages, then you get a boss fight, and then a whole new level. Yeah. But, yeah, that fourth level, the tenth stage, things just change. And I lost my confidence. Like, I thought, I'm pro- I might even finish this game today. I started thinking that. And then I got to that fourth level, I'm like, oh my goodness. I was really mad that when I got here, because you were playing it when I got here, yeah. And that was the stage you were on. I was really mad that I didn't think quick enough to record you playing it. Yeah. Just to hear your screams. <laughs> yeah, I said some things. Yeah, because you got really mad, which I did too when I was playing it by yeah. myself. So so let's, let's go through the levels real quick. Because uh, on Game FAQs, a shout out to SNES Master 1. He uploaded, I love this. Oh, he, lo- he loves this show too. He listens to us all the time. Sure he does. Yeah. Uh, he's never heard of us. I've never so heard of him. So in 2008, he uploaded... Um, <laughs> <laughs> some maps of all the levels so you can see like a scrolling map yeah this is actually very cool though which I, I love yeah so the game starts out very easy you're like in a courtyard and you you're upgrading your whip which we should say is your main weapon yeah which I had a question about that yeah why do you need to upgrade your whip before you even started uh, seeing an enemy shouldn't they just give you that upgraded whip to begin with I think they want to show you like <laughs> I think they want you to feel strong to start out with because your wheat well your they whip, failed <laughs> your whip starts out really kind of puny and weak but how do I know I never use it on anything that's true <laughs> But you can get upgrades to make it stronger. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is maybe it's to show you that that's the mechanic of it, I guess. Right. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, before I go through the level, should we talk about, yeah, 
Let's talk about how you actually play the game. Right, how you actually play the yeah. game, yeah. It's a platformer. You yeah. jump with one of the buttons, and another button, you use your whip, or you can use up and B and do one of your uh, other secondary weapon, weapon. Your secondary weapon, yeah. which is different ones of those. So you're you're going, uh, you collect, I actually don't even know what that icon is, but it's an icon that makes your whip stronger. Yeah. You absolutely want that. Um, it turns into like a mace with a long reach. Um, it can be upgraded, I think, twice, so three levels altogether. Yeah, which... The, the, that weapon in itself kind of made this game stand out because yeah. most of your games that were going to be an action platformer, they're going to have like a sword or a gun, yeah. right? But now you get a whip, which that, that's kind of neat. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's something different. The whip I was hit or miss with me, um, quite, <laughs> li- quite literally. <laughs> it goes only at a certain speed. Yeah. And in bet- and I would get hit by some enemies sometimes because I couldn't make the whip go quicker than what I needed it to go, despite mm-hmm. how quick I was hitting the button. So that aspect of it was very frustrating to me at times. <laughs> so I kind of hated it in a way. But also, it was kind of cool for, like, if an enemy was across a platform, I could actually hit them, hit the enemy before I got there. Yeah. So there were some uses for it, too. But overall, it was it was, it was was cool, but I will say it could get frustrating to use it at times. So, yeah, compared to... Especially with your main weapon. Right. Compared to, say, I don't know, Ninja Gaiden or... Or certainly like Contra, but that's not really the same kind of game. The weapon is very deliberate in this game. Yeah. You don't get to fire it very frequently, and you need to have somewhat of an aim. Um, I think that's very intentional to add to the difficulty, but I will say with me starting out with Super Castlevania, I kind of missed the whip in that game was like a limp noodle. Like you could literally spin it in any direction. <laughs> you, you it's, it's hilarious. It actually looks kind of funny. You can like, I don't know how to say this and not sound funny, but you can hang your whip out uh-huh. and just like flop it around in all different directions. <laughs> it actually looks totally unnatural, yep. but it's cool. Yeah. I kind of missed that in this one. Cause that's, that's my, you know, that's my Saturday night. Yeah, um, <laughs> I knew I was trying to be careful with what I said there. Cause, uh, cause you, um, <laughs> yeah. So you got your whip and then there's several different sub weapons. And, uh, I think I have them down here. Well, one's an ax. I remember that one. Right. So your sub weapon, you just press up and B yeah, they're very useful, too. You'll need yes. those. And that's also, this is what you told me today, and I did not know this. I didn't know how you made it that far not knowing this. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought that the hearts that you were collecting the whole time just went through a score, because you just get to score the hearts at the end. Yeah. And I was like, well, is that all they're for? Because they don't give you lives. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it out. But you told me it actually helps with the weapons that you collect, your secondary weapons. Right, it's like your ammo, basically. Yeah. Which I didn't know, and I was yeah. just collecting them anyway. So I was helping my, <laughs> I was helping myself out, not knowing it. Right. <laughs> so the hearts are totally essential, and I was shocked yeah. when Johnny didn't know what they did. But I guess you were collecting them anyway, so you're okay. Yeah. But to be fair, I do remember playing through the Super Nintendo one when I was younger. I was so confused by the hearts for a while yeah. because I'm used to playing, you know, Zelda and every other game. Hearts give you life. Yeah. It's like they're not giving me life. What are they doing? And yeah, it, that, it, that is kind of different and yeah. weird. It took yeah. me a while to figure out. Oh, that's your ammo. Yeah, why would it? Why would, see, it doesn't make any sense. It could have been something else, but that's what it is. So. But now that's what it is, and every Castlevania game pretty much uses it, so that's cool. But candlesticks, yeah, you want to hit every candlestick if you can to collect these hearts and items. Um, however, the items aren't created equally. It depends what you're doing. Yeah, compared to say Ghost and Goblins, not to pick on Capcom, because in a way you could argue maybe that was Capcom's answer to this game, sort of. I don't know, but I think this game does the weapons so much better. Because in that game, you're like, oh, there's only like one or two weapons you really want. And this one, I feel like they all have their use. And Super Ghost, and, I'm Super Ghost. In Ghost and Goblins, yeah. I feel like some of the weapons just aren't very good. In this game, I feel like they all have their uses. Am I wrong, or do you, what do you think? 
I don't know. I thought some of the secondary weapons were much better than the other ones. Well, I could agree with that, yeah. Like, the axe was way more useful, and the potion was way more useful than, But, say, like, I would say the potion is kind of well, annoying. Well, I would also... Well, I'm going to say, not the potion, but I meant the... Uh, the stopwatch. The boomerang thing. What's it? It's oh, like the cross boomerang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are very useful. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, for example, the, the potion that you throw on the ground... Yeah. I feel like it isn't very good for the common enemies, but it could be really good for some of the bosses. I could see it being useful, especially when the platforming comes in. Yeah. And maybe you're in an area and you want to, like, and that's the only way you can kill an enemy is by using that because they're below you or yeah. something like that. That makes sense, so I get it. But I will say, to be fair to Ghosts and Goblins, yeah, that not all these secondary weapons are better than, like, they're not all great to well, me. Yeah, and I don't mean they're more fun to use in this game, because yeah. I love the, the upgrades in Ghost and Goblins. I know what you're but saying. I get I get what you're saying. I, I guess I, I just mean, point. I think every weapon has its use. Yeah. Well, but let me just go through them real quick. The dagger um, is probably weak, but it shoots far and straight, so it has its use for your common enemies. Uh, the stopwatch technically doesn't damage anything, but it stops their enemies in their tracks for a few seconds, yeah. which is totally crucial for some of the hard moments. Um, in the fourth level, for example. Well, we'll get to that when I go through the levels. But the stopwatch can be very useful. The holy water that you throw on the ground is great for enemies on the ground. And I think it can be really useful for some of the bosses. The axe, like Johnny said, is just a nice, powerful weapon that has an arc to it when you throw it. And then the boomerang is definitely useful. Yeah. So, that being said... Uh, let me go through the levels real quick. Yeah, do it. I think that's what I was going to do. You were. Yes. I got your back. <laughs> So level one Trevor. starts you off pretty easy. Trevor, you're asleep. I'm dead. So you go through the castle. It's pretty easy. Uh, at the end of that level, you fight the big bat. Yes. Um, and that's when the axe comes in great handy right there. Yes. Great handy? That's a good one. And he's a good first boss because he's not that hard, but he's not a pushover. Right, yeah. Then level two. Things get a little harder, but I think it's still manageable. Very much so. Um, when I can beat the level, then I would say it's very manageable. Yes. Basically, you're going deeper into the castle. You, these knights are moving back and forth. That's one of the main enemies. That, that, that's when the enemies start getting a little tougher because they take more than one hit to kill. Right. And there you fight Medusa, or the Medusa head. The Medusa heads are <laughs> coming at you the whole time, too. Oh, yeah. Those things are yes. beyond frustrating. The game does get hard here because, yeah, yeah. those Medusa heads, until you learn their pattern, they will knock you all over the yeah. place. Any flying enemy in any Nintendo game is terrible. Yes, we almost made a top five list of worst flying enemies. Yeah. And this game would have two or three of them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is where the Medusa heads are introduced, and yeah. you start realizing, holy cow, every enemy knocks you backwards. Yeah, and they kind of have a pattern. They kind of go up and down, sort of. Yes. But they go up and down at different heights, too. So it's not... Yeah. You, once you learn the pattern, they're easier, but they're still rough. Yeah. And did you notice the enemies don't necessarily knock you backwards? I think they knock you whatever... Like the opposite of whatever direction you're facing. So it can be confusing, like, they which do. direction you're going to get knocked back. The Most of our deaths, and I think you agreed with me on this... Uh-huh. Was getting hit by an enemy and knocking him, knocking you into the abyss. Yes, like you didn't just fall where you were; you got knocked in a certain direction. Yeah, and if you're jumping on platforms, and this game had some platforms on it, that could be really troublesome. Yes. And speaking of platforms, level three is where the bats really go crazy, and you really level three is when I first started getting knocked into the abyss by the flying enemies. And you're that's fine. that's when I first started getting uh, frustrated. To be honest. And this is also when I noticed that you can't just walk. Like, if there's steps, you can't just start walking down them. <clears throat> now, I knew you had to press up to go up them. But you have to press down to go down them. And if you don't press down, you fall into the abyss. <laughs> yeah. So that got me killed. And that frustrated me. So, yeah, the bats were definitely frustrating in this level. 
And then the enemy is the two mummies. Yes. I didn't feel like they were too bad, but they're pretty tough. Right. And then level four is where... My two mummies would be a great sitcom. Yes, it would. Level four is where we both made it. Yes. Um, I made it to the end of this level, but it starts off with, up to this point in the game, by far the hardest part that we've seen so far. You're in the caverns, and there's a lot more precise platforming, instant death when you fall in the water, Yes. flying enemies, jumping fishmen. Can I can I bring something up about the platforming? Nope. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you get that from me. Yep. Uh, okay. I'm going to compare this platforming to the platforming of the game we played last week. Well, technically the same week, but when people are listening, it'll be the last week's oh, episode. Yeah. Uh, Monsters in My Pocket. Oh, yeah. I thought the platforming on Monsters in My Pocket, the controls were way better for it <laughs> than for this one. Do you agree with this or not? The way I had way more control over my jumps. Yeah. Uh, and I wish, like, to the point where I wish it had more precise platforming in that game. Because this one... If I could have controlled my jumps like I could on that one, I would have, like I would have loved it a yeah. lot more than what I did. So that's just my personal opinion. I don't know how you feel about we, that. We've we've talked about this before. You say I'm more, way more forgiving of hard controls, and I think it's just a different way of looking at it. Like I don't know. I, I can't say you're wrong because you had total control in that game. Yeah. Like you just, you're right. I almost wish there was more difficult platforming in that game because it was done so well. This game, you're very stiff. You can't change directions in the air, so I guess it's more realistic. But if you get hit by an enemy or knocked back, the platforming is very tough in this game. I'm not willing to say that it's not good, though, because I know it was intentional. I wasn't saying it wasn't good. I was yeah, saying no, I, I, yeah. I just thought Monsters in My Pocket did it a little better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how to respond to that because it was definitely less frustrating. Monsters in My Pocket, the jumping was way less frustrating. And you're right. Like, you had so much more control. I don't know. Would this game be better if it controlled like that? I don't know. It would definitely be easier. And less frustrating, so... Well, this one yeah. well, this one also doesn't have a double jump, and that one did. Yeah. So maybe that's another part of it. I don't know. I think you just got to know that going in if you've never played this game. It's very deliberate jumping. Yeah. You have a very small window of opportunity. Right. So, yeah, you're right. It definitely adds to the frustration. Um, I kind of enjoy it because it's so deliberate, but then it also frustrates me. But if you make it through this horrible, horrible part where you're moving on these platforms and there's fishmen jumping at you and bats knocking you off the platform, then you get to my least favorite part of the game up to this point. That's where the eagles are dropping hunchbacks all yes. over you. We haven't discussed the hunchbacks yet, but yes. they are terrible. Yes. And I'm saying that because not only are they tough to hit, but when they hit you and they will hit you, they take off like three or four bars from your health. Yes. Yeah, this this part, there's these eagles dropping these things all over yeah, you. They're dropping them like they're hot. <laughs> and the key, just let me help you out a little bit. I think the key is to hit them as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. Don't let them get the edge The second on they you. hit the ground is when yes. you need to hit them. But still, I recommend having the stopwatch handy because I tried to hit them as soon as they hit the ground, and I still got overwhelmed every single time. Yeah. So as soon as you start getting overwhelmed, if you have the stopwatch, use it and run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that part was so frustrating. Yeah. But anyways, then the boss on that part, I don't think the boss is necessarily, I don't know if it's that hard, it's, it's the monster of Frankenstein. Yeah. I don't know if it's that hard, but I was always almost dead when I got there. Well, it also didn't help. He also has a little minion helping him out. Oh, he has a hunchback. Yeah. Because yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think he himself isn't super difficult, but the fact that that little hunchback yeah. is there kind of adds to it a little bit. So that's, full disclosure, that's as far as I made it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's it for today. 
Um, but <laughs> so I'll see you. No, within there's level five, and all I'm going to say about level five is it looks like a death trap. Like there's a lot going on here. Um, it's probably of all of them, it looks the most castle-like. Does that make yes, sense? It's, yeah, it looks like a blocky castle. Yeah. However, I'm not really looking forward to this. The boss at the end of this level is death. Yeah. The Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper, yeah. And I've heard that he's considered one of the hardest bosses of all NES games. Now, I will say the walkthrough, the guy playing or girl playing that I watched on the walkthrough on YouTube uh, killed that boss pretty easily. Really? Yeah. Well, there must be some tricks to it because I've heard really rough things if about it. If I remember it. right, they just they, they knew where he was going to appear and they just kept throwing potions on him and they pretty much destroyed him. Well, I guess the trick then is to get there with potions. Spoiler alert, that's what this person did. I don't know if that works for everybody, but that's what they did. So, all I'll say about the six levels, it looks really cool. And it looks like there's a lot of large bats. They like It looks like the first boss, it looks like there's several of them. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bridge, and they're really cool looking like a clockwork tower you climb up. Yeah. Um, which looks really cool. Oh my goodness. But there's more of those eagles, and they're dropping hunchbacks. Oh, mercy. Yep. So I'm not looking forward to that. And then, of course, you end up fighting Dracula. Yes. And that'll be the end of the game. Yes, you'll fight me. And probably the coolest thing about the ending, uh, which I've not yet earned, but is seeing uh, Christopher Lee's name, except it's Christopher B, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, Christopher B. So, as yeah. a Lord of the Rings fan, I know Christopher Lee was one of the uh, most notable Draculas, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just in the acting in general, right. he was he was a legend. Is a legend, I should say. Yes. So, that's, that's the levels of the game. I will say the game... No, Christopher Lee died. Yeah, that's why... I, but I would still say he is a legend. Oh, he's a legend. That's yeah. what you mean. Just yeah. because he's gone doesn't mean he's a legend. You just gave me false hope. Him. Like, wait, did I dream that he died? No, sadly. Sorry. That's didn't true. mean to go depressing. But he, he lived to a good old age, though. He did. He did what he loved. Yeah, uh, anyway. This, this Unlike us. <laughs> no, we do what we love. Yeah, that's true. I do love doing this. I do. I don't always have to be negative. Yeah. We're doing what we love. Yeah. We're not making that much money from it. Mm-mm. But, hey, people listen to us. Why? I don't know. But, Trevor, these levels in this game, I will say, I think are designed very well overall. I mean, just looking at that map again, made me want to go back and see these levels and play them. Yeah, each one is so distinct while technically being in and around the castle. I love how, um, I love how uniform it all is. Without, I think that's the key. It really does feel like one complete game. It's not open-ended game. It's very much a linear level-based game. yeah. But it feels like it's one whole. I think better than most any game of this type. Um, like Mario was never trying to do that. Each level is totally wildly different. Right. You know. But this game went a different direction, and I think it really works. Granted, there's only six levels. Each one is broken into three areas, but it's still really just six levels. Um, but as hard as it is, I would say that's about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, gameplay-wise, I talked a lot about the levels. Is there anything else you want to say about the gameplay itself? I think we've kind of covered it. Uh, It's the platforming I thought could have been done a little better, but you seem to like it. I didn't hate it. I'm not saying it's terrible, but I think that the the, uh, stiffness of the controls, I guess the best way to put it, to me was frustrating. But I'm a guy who hates stiff controls. I mean, I'll take you back to Resident Evil. So I would say... I <laughs> can, you're way more forgiving of those than I am. I think I can, if it's done well, I can sort oh, of... Oh, this is definitely done well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I just I think I can start to like enjoy the... To, this game forces you into its little system, and I think I actually yeah. enjoy that in a weird way. But I'll give you this. 
I hate that the enemies knock you back. Yeah, I can't stand so that. So when you combine the intentionally stiff yeah. jumping mechanic with that, that is so frustrating. A lot of games, especially in the oh, Nintendo yeah. era, did this. I hated it every time. I thought Ninja Gaiden, which is a game I actually did grow up with, Gaiden Gaiden, I still don't know how to say that. I always say Gaiden, but we're probably wrong. We don't pronounce things correctly. That's correct. Um, I thought that was the worst as far as enemies that knock you back, but this one gives it a run for its money. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say before we get into our final scores? No, except I feel like I want you to go first because I want you to be honest and I don't want to influence you because you you're not going to influence me. Well, you're not going to influence me. How small-minded do you think I am? Well, who should go first then? <laughs> it, doesn't, do you, it doesn't matter. I was really trying to buy time. I don't mind going first, though. Oh, go ahead then. All right, fine. But you're going to influence me. <laughs> Small-minded. I am. But go ahead. Uh, so I've not beat the game, but I feel like i played enough to give a fair review. Uh, two-thirds of the way through. Made it to the end of the fourth level of six. Um, not a game I grew up with, so this is not based on nostalgia. So it's probably a more fair review, really. Let me get the negatives out of the way first. Because um, I think I like this game quite a bit more than you. The negatives are that the difficulty does definitely get frustrating. And I don't know if that's strictly a bad thing because that desire to just push forward and beat a game can be part of what makes it feel so good when you finally do. But I think, for me, the parts that require you to jump precisely while there's enemies knocking you back kind of make you feel like you're getting slapped around a little bit, (laughs) which was frustrating to me. Um, But... Nowhere near as frustrating as Ghost and Goblins. Like this game, I do want to come back to it. I do want to finish it. I'm going to take a day or two off. Ghost and Goblins, I don't know. I almost feel like it just beats you up too much when you make it to like the third level. This one, I made it all the way to the fourth level before I got genuinely frustrated. Um, And I do want to come back. But still, I, I do feel like some cheap deaths. I'll just leave it at that. There are some cheap deaths. There's no getting around it. Um, Doesn't mean that it's too hard that's a matter of opinion but there's some cheap deaths um other negatives um i don't know i'm not going to count the fact that there's technically only six levels as a negative because i feel like it's about right it it does what it sets out to do so i guess that's about it for negatives positives i actually think this game looks fantastic it doesn't look as good as for example castlevania 3 on the nes but not just for an 87 game. For an NES game period, I think this is a really good looking game. I love how cohesive it all is. I, I love the music. Um, I'm not really nostalgic for it, except for that it reminds me of the Castlevania 4 music. But I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think the gameplay is exactly what it's intending to be. It's not something I want every day. Like The controls are stiff. Your weapon is stiff. Your jump is stiff. Um... But I think it works for this game. And as long as every game doesn't try to copy that, I'm cool with it. That being said, so this month has been a great month for games. I think uh, I think I gave Aura Monsters like a 3 or a 4. I did not enjoy it at all. But other than that, I think I was a 6.5 on Ghosts and Goblins because I felt like the difficulty was just too frustrating. I didn't feel like it completely held up. Um, I think I was an 8 on Gremlins 2. That game just shocked me and surprised me how much I loved it. Um, I think, uh, let's see, what other, oh yeah, seven and a half on Monsters in My Pocket. These are really high reviews this month. So the question is, did we finish with the best? I think we probably did. 
it doesn't mean it's the one I'm going to come back to the most. I think Gremlins 2 just was more joyful to me. Monsters in My Pocket is more joyful because it's two-player and it's so much fun. But from a level design standpoint and music and I don't know, this this is up there. This is up there with NES games. Um, gosh, I don't know. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it an 8. I almost went higher, but I'm not going to be influenced by the fact that this is such a, such a classic. I'm going 8 because I think it holds up 90%. But that other 10%, I actually believe that Super Castlevania 4 perfected. And perhaps Castlevania 3 on the NES. I've not played it yet. Um, but I actually do think that Castlevania 4 took what this game was and made it better. So for that reason, uh, I think I'm going to hold my higher score for, for that game if we ever cover it. But this is a great starting point. It still totally holds up, but I think it's held back at an 8 because there's just some really cheap deaths um, and some frustrating deaths. That's that's it, though. Okay. I'm rambling. Uh, man. Okay, you... Two. Get... Two out of ten. No. No. <laughs> I think I like this game more than you think I did. I don't want to influence you. You didn't. I had a score in my head this whole time, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep it. I, I'm going to say the positives first. Okay. I 100% understand why this game has the following it has. I get it. Uh, just from playing this first game, I understand it. I 100% get it. This game is a very, very good game. It definitely is. I told you it makes me want to play the other ones. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that's saying something. I mean, if it was bad, I wouldn't have cared to play the other ones. Right. Uh, the level design I really liked quite a bit. I thought it did that very well. I love the seamlessness of it, like you said before. That really stood out to me. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music is very, very good. I know, uh, I know. I put it below some of the other games we played this month, but that's just from a personal opinion. This music is still quite good, though. Yeah, it's it's a very, very good game. Now, here's where we're going to differ. In just comparing it to other games we played this month, I really enjoyed Monsters in My Pocket way more than this one. I enjoyed Gremlins Two way more than this one. But I will say, in fairness. Uh, Monsters in My Pocket, like I said before, has a nostalgia for me growing mm. up. So that may be unfair, but I'm admitting it up front right here. Yeah. And also, uh, Grandma's 2 was a surprise for us both, oh, yeah. how much we liked it. And that can kind of really help a game <clears throat> if you're not expecting a lot. Yeah. I was exp- this, is how I'm going- this is where I'm coming from on this game. Yeah. I kind of alluded to it before. This is that game for me that's like that movie that everybody's seen that loves and loves our TV show and says, you need to see this. And they build it up to a crazy level. And then when you finally see it, you're like, this is what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is the movie I'm going to compare this to. And I'm sorry. Oh no. You remember years ago when, uh, James Cameron's avatar came out? (laughs) Yes. Okay. I had all kinds of friends who went and seen this movie before I did. And they loved this thing. They built this thing up to like, you have to see this movie, this world he creates, how great this this movie is it's incredible and so i finally went and saw it and i did see it in the theater but well Mm. after everybody else had seen it i mean this movie made gangbusters at the at the theater it made all kinds of money and i mean i think if i remember right the reviews were very very good too overall yeah so i went and finally saw it and after it was over i was like i don't know if i saw it with you or not i might have no you didn't because i remember yeah we had well, yeah, go ahead. No, I know when it's. I'm, I'm getting though. to why I'm bringing yeah. this up. But after I'd seen it, I was like, it was good, but it was nowhere near as good as everybody made it out to be mm-hmm. for me. 
Uh, the story was very lackluster. Yeah. The, the, it looked amazing. It looked incredible. Yeah. And I would go back to that world just because of how awesome it looked. Yeah. But the story was just, ugh, I just didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care about any of the characters really very much. Anyway, to bring it back to this, that's how I kind of felt with this game. But this is almost unfair because this game's been around for, what, 28 years, 30 years? <laughs> yeah, 30 years. Yeah. And so it's been built up to me for like easily 20 years. Easily yeah. 20 years before I ever had a chance to play it. So it's maybe unfair to do that. But that's the situation I'm in. When I was playing this, I was like, okay, I get why people like this. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I just I just got killed there and I shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, wait, I jumped on this platform and this monster's head just knocked me backwards when it shouldn't have. <laughs> hey, my whip's not going out quick enough. I should have hit that enemy, but I didn't because the whip didn't come out quick enough. <laughs> All these little things started adding up for me. Uh, and <laughs> then I started thinking, I mean, I like this game. I do want to play the other ones. But if I'm comparing it to the other games I played this month, I just didn't have near as much fun with it. Yeah. And that's just me being honest. With that being said, still a very good game. 100% understand why it's a classic, and it is. I would say it is. Especially for when it came out, what this game was able to do is pretty incredible if you think about it. And it makes me very anxious to play the other ones. It really does. I definitely want to play 3. I think you said 2 is very different. So I don't know how I feel about that. I hope it's not like Zelda 2 different where it just changes everything. I I think it kind of is. It's more RPG than action. Well, I understand. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I definitely want to play the Super Nintendo one. So with that being said, this is the very first one of that series. Number I had in my head was seven, mm-hmm. which for us is still very, very, very good. Oh, yeah. I'm going to keep it at a seven. I feel very comfortable saying that. But I am really looking forward to Castlevania 3 big time. Yeah, I am too because Castlevania 3 is kind of known to be the masterpiece of the series on the NES. And so to see what they did here and what they did yeah. with that, I'm looking forward to that. Like, I think this has a lot of really good bones to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And But overall, I think it's just it was hyped up so much to me, it kind of hurt it. Yeah. Well, But se- 7 is still high. Yeah, I'm, I thought you were going to like it less than that. I think that's totally reasonable because for, for any game that's 30 years old to hold up to be a 7 and an 8 today, and the highest thing it's I, pretty impressive. And the highest thing I can give this is I would go back and play it. So. Yeah. And I, I'm definitely going to go back and play it. Yeah. And, and uh, my score... I'll say my score probably would have been higher if I grew up with this this yes, game. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's still a great game. That being said, um, we've been a little long in the tooth, so I think it's uh, it's time to just go ahead and right quick give our scare rating. We forgot to do it with the monsters in my pocket. I think by the way. Did we? Yep. Well, let's just say right now, monsters in my pocket was a two. two. <laughs> <laughs> so a two out of ten on the scare factor, but a ten out of ten on the fun. <laughs> <laughs> we've not had a single scary game yet. Castlevania is easily. The one that's like most straight up horror. It's actually not scary, but it's got skeletons. It's got Medusa heads. It's got um, actually the Medusa head was probably the creepiest thing in the game. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. It kind of floats. Grim Reaper's pretty creepy. Grim Reaper. Yeah, I would probably say this is probably the the scariest. If I'm using that term loosely, yeah. of the games, it's the scariest that we played. I would say. Five out of ten on the scare. That's factor. what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking five. Yeah. Again, sorry we didn't actually play a legit scary game this month, but and eh, we played a lot of good ones. So that's yeah. what counts. That being said, I think the game goes for in the twenty five dollar range. It's it's held its value pretty good for a reason. Um, I think it's a classic, and yeah. I would 
if if I was a collector, I would want it in my collection, and I would say it's definitely worth it for that. I, yeah. I have the cartridge, and I love the way the cartridge looks. It's a it's a great looking art on the front. Yeah, the art's really really sweet. Um, so I, I think it's worth that because it's actually fun to play too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's totally worth that. Let's want to go and do a commercial because I think we've been a long in the tooth. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. We've been talking yeah. a lot, and my tooth is as long as yours. I don't know where I got this phrase, long in the tooth. I've heard it before, but let's yeah. go with it. Along with that, here's a commercial. We are Nintendo Ultimate TV Game System. We challenge all players. You cannot beat us. Aim your Zapper gun. You cannot beat us. Even with your robot partner. You cannot beat us. Saw one million. You cannot beat us. Discover new worlds. You cannot beat us. We are Nintendo. Wow. Yeah, my mouth was getting dry. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do some feedback. Some fan feedback. I'm tired of hearing our opinions. to Instagram and uh, look for Retro Bliss and follow idea. us. Where else can I go? You go to Facebook and like Retro Bliss. Oh, that's a good idea. And where else can I go? You go to Twitter and follow Retro Bliss. And where else can I go? That's about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, seriously, Facebook, we like to interact with our fans a lot on there. Instagram is more, I think, well, it's interaction, but also I just post random pictures from our, the Shire here as we call it, where we record. Yes. Um, So check us out, please. <laughs> that's very polite do you do want to it, go first real it. quick oh, no. sure it's already have us pulled up on our facebook page we're at retro bliss like he said before uh christopher kellogg said look at that cover art i played it i didn't care much for it as a kid though i hope we get to hear count johnny's voice on the next podcast that always cracks me up we got a fan count johnny does there's a fan yes it only takes one <laughs> great thanks christopher <laughs> and timmy mac says so many memories. I've had the cart for as long as I can remember. I got it from a childhood friend who moved away. And I'll never forget the first time I beat it. It was so exciting and I couldn't wait to tell my friends at school. That's one thing I will say this game does have. Like, I think it's at the right difficulty level where when you do beat it, it does feel like an mm-hmm. accomplishment. Right. But it does feel like you're able to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. All right, Trevor, go ahead. So on our Instagram, at RetroBlist, um, Scatterbrains Podcast said Alucard, Blackheart, Bat. So there's okay. like little pictures. Okay. Oh. So Ion's Sweet World. Sorry. Uh, I won Sweet World. Said, still one of my favorite NES games. I go back to it often. And the Grim Reaper stage in Boss Fight is still as tough as it was when I was a kid playing it. Wallmeat.game says, beating Frankenstein as a child after all the adults in the family finally gave up that day. I, I, that reminds me, I remember with Mario 3, when my dad and uncle were playing it for hours, and they finally let us get a chance, and me and my brother made it past, uh, I think it was that whirlwind, do you remember that tornado that comes through? Yeah. It's just a great feeling when you beat the adults. <laughs> <laughs> um, MJ's, MJ's Game Room, who's uh, always uh, very nice to the show and commenting and stuff, 
He said he loves that game so much. Uh, Leo1138 says, love it, can't wait. DT Chavez, 85. So that's uh, our friend Daniel, who we actually, did we mention on the show, we actually got to meet him briefly. I think we did, yep. yep that was fun. Yeah. Daniel, come back. It's like a country song. Daniel, come back to me. Daniel, right. come back. He says he loves this game. Although Super Castlevania 4 is my personal favorite from the series. I have I think I'm going to go and agree with him. Uh, I think Spoiler Castlevania art. Symphony of the Night is like is an amazing game. But I love how simple and straightforward Castlevania 4 is while improving on this game. Yeah. Anyways, Tabarutu said, yeah. Then Tabarutu said, yeah. So thanks for commenting twice, Tabaruto. Well, on my personal Facebook page, I also had a few comments for this game. Aaron Hickman, who you may know of from a little podcast that called guy. Genesis Gems, uh, says, great music, fun gameplay, and a killer Stairmaster simulator. <laughs> <laughs> then Mike Vito uh, said, words cannot describe how much I love this game. It's really hard, but who ever said uh, traveling through Drex Castle would be easy? Well. And also... Do you want me to tell my personal Facebook one? I mean, not Facebook, my Instagram one, because I actually posted it this oh, week. Oh, you got comments on there, too? Yeah. Wow. I did things. I know. I usually don't. Usually I make you do it all. Obviously, our fans enjoy this game. Hopefully, yeah. they still listen after this episode. Hey, I still liked it. I think they will. All right. Three Dits, that's D-I-T-Z-S, say a joystick, uh, happy face with hearts in it, so they love the game. Okay. Warp Zone Graphics, our buddy Mike, uh, go check him out on the Instagram here. He says, one of my favorite franchises of all time. Loved it. The game was really hard, but I love the music. The concept of a vampire hunter running around with a whip is so weird, and I immediately thought it was the coolest thing ever as a kid. So many good memories of this series. Uh, Chris J. Farts. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, my favorite NES game easily. Uh, Mick Theopetson, uh 82 says, My first exposure was Symphony of the Night. When it was ported to the Xbox 360, but I've been hooked since. The NES original is still an incredible game. I absolutely love it. And then, just because we'll give him a second mention since he commented on mine too. Uh, Daniel, or DT Chavez 85 says, Great game. Super Castlevania 4 is still my personal favorite. But Symphony well, of the Night is a close second, though. So uh, We had a lot of comments this that's week. That's awesome. Thank you all for the feedback. Go follow yeah. us and interact no, with us. No, shut up. <laughs> and what I mean shut up, Trevor, we got a new review. We do. And uh, I'm going to pull up our new review. So you do thank that. you. Every time we get a new five star review on, an Angel, iTunes. Yes. on iTunes, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> um, so head on over to iTunes and give us a review. Even if you don't like us that much, if you leave us a five star review, good things will happen. That's right. Um, so Jamie Ziegler said the podcast is great. Five stars. I have a couple of video game podcasts that I listen to every week, but this one is one of the best. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much. Um, it really puts a spring in our step when we get a new review because it's been over a month now. That's right. Skippity skip. So, Jamie, you made our day. Yeah, thank you for that. And as of right now, we can still say that we are a five-star podcast. Yep. When Thanks to you guys and yep. gals. So thank you for listening. Uh, Trevor, I think it's time for everybody's favorite moment. Yep. Besides when we finally shut the, the blank up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 oh, inside. Trevor just accidentally stabbed himself with his ink pen. I was trying to close or open my ink pen, but I had it. I had the pointy part facing me. Yeah, and I pressed down really hard. So uh, we're yes. your most intelligent podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Trevor's the one of us who's supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> Who decided that? 
All right. You went to college. Okay. All right. Let's let's do this last final order of business. And that, of course, is the Blitz Quiz. Quiz. Okay, Trevor, one of the bases for Dracula was Vlad the Third or Vlad the Impaler in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of the following things about Vlad is a true fact? So, you're going to tell me which of these is true. Ready? Okay. A, he murdered hundreds of noblemen after inviting them to dinner. B, he was the prince of modern-day Romania. C, he once had the sick, the vagrants, and beggars of the town burned alive. Or D, he was responsible for estimated between 40,000 to 100,000 deaths. Which one is true? Which one's true? Only one's true. I want to say the one about the killing the vagrants. Well, I'm going to give you a pass because all of these are true. I started to say, I, I, I feel like they could all be true. Yep, they were. Okay. Well, so my questions, as has been the case here lately, I kind of like this format. It's mostly about the history of the game, so we get to learn and have fun. Yeah, it's a learning experience. Yes. So play along at home. Like Mario is missing. Yes. Oh, I don't think that was one of the shining <laughs> moments for Mario. So, I know. He was missing. How's it be shining? That's true. He's gone. Where is he? So Konami developed a game around the same time as this one for the MSX2 computer. It was only released in Europe and Japan. It was similar in, to this game, but it was more Metroid-like in its structure. More like mazes and, and you know going back and forth. Right. What was it called? I'm going to give you four choices. Uh, I made up three of these completely. They're not real. Gotcha. A, Vampire Killer. B, Terror from the Deep. C, Whip Snap. <laughs> D, Dracula's Inferno. Would you like those again? No, I think it's the first one. Yep, Vampire Killer. Oh, was, is that really it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first one that hit me. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the most obvious one. Yeah. I thought Whip Snap would be good, though. I like the name of that one, but yeah. that didn't feel like a, a Trevor creation. Yeah. All right, Trevor. Bram Stoker a.k.a. the author of Dracula, Oh yeah. Uh, died in 1912. Wow. All right, what do you get if you visit his ashes today? He was cremated, just so you know. Oh. Uh, a, you get a keychain. B, you get an escort. Or C, you get a t-shirt. Huh. By an escort? Could you elaborate at all? Like somebody follows you. Oh. I don't mean the other kind. Yeah, okay. That's what you're getting at. I want to say t-shirt. No, you get an escort. Actually, it's very much, uh, it's really under uh, lock and key, very okay. much so. That makes sense, but yeah. the other ones were so goofy, I just had to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what, do we both have one right so far? Or did I get your first one right? I, I counted it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I couldn't have gotten it wrong, I guess. <laughs> All right. So your second question is pretty simple. All right. Why was it called Castlevania? Okay. You get three choices. All right. A, one of the programmers had returned from a trip to Transylvania. B, there were fears of religious undertones to the Japanese name, Akimojo Dracula. Or C, Konami wanted to create an easier-to-remember title. I feel like it should be A, so I'm going to go with that one. No, it was because um, one of the head guys at Konami North America was afraid that the name Akimojo Dracula translated to Dracula Satanic Castle. 
And he was afraid oh, of the religious overtones. Well, Dracula is like something dragon, I think. Is what yeah. It means. yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. So we both only got one right. Yep. So it's going to come down to these last questions. Trevor, we're playing an IMDb game. You're going to tell me what the score is for this certain movie. Okay. I'm going to be bringing it up on my phone 6.4. I already looked it up. It's called Dracula Dead and Loving It. I think I've heard of that. It's it's Mel Brooks who wrote it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard of that. It's starring Leslie Nielsen, one of my all-time favorite <laughs> actors. Uh, of course, he plays Dracula. Of course he does. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, 32,723 people rated this film. It's out of 10. Uh, the one thing I'm going to tell you is... <laughs> the basic concept for this movie is the male and, fe- of the fe- male and female characters... As stated on the audio commentary, is that all the men would be idiots and all the women would be beautiful. <laughs> Trevor, what is the IMDb score of Dracula Dead and Loving It? Can you give me the year? It came out in 1995. Okay, I was thinking it was a more recent one. It's PG-13. I don't think it's considered like, it's not like Blazing Saddles. It's not one that everybody loves, necessarily. But I might be wrong. I've just not seen it. Um, 6.8. I'm sorry. You were a point off. It's a oh. 5.8. Oh. If you're so, within point five, I was going to give it uh, to you. So, I'm sorry. Well, I've only got one right, so this is your chance to beat me. You weren't too far off, though, to be fair. Your final question. Okay, I can do this. Your one goal in life is to beat me, so let's see. <laughs> yes. So. That's the only thing that will make my existence feel like it had a yes. point to it. Yeah. So, which of these is not a real Castlevania game? Okay. A. Area of Sorrow, B, Order of Ecclesia, C, Council of Darkness, D, Harmony of Despair. Oh my gosh. They're all slightly dark. This could be a Batman movie. Yes. All right. (laughs) You want those again? It's not going to matter. Area of Sorrow, Order of Ecclesia, Council of Darkness, Harmony of Despair. Oh my gosh. Okay. I am very ignorant when it comes to Castlevania. I know there's been quite a few of the games. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, even including the DS and the, all those, like you were saying before, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with C, just because when in doubt, go C. Well, you lucky dog. Was it C? So, <laughs> Council of Darkness, as far as I'm aware, is not real. I just that's like. So, Area of Sorrow, I believe, is one I had. To be honest, there were so many handheld ones; it's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. But those were DS slash Game Boy Advance uh, games. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny though. There was like. Two or three that had the word despair in them, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, uh, Trevor, before we end the show, it's, uh, of course, time to do some little business real quick. Uh, before you get to our Patreon shout-outs, uh, I want to say real quick, this is just for me personally. You can go to Johnnyism28 mm-hmm. on Instagram. I'm having a $5 sketch card sale, so jump on that. All the details will be on Johnnyism28. If you ever want to get some real art from me, uh, right now this is the cheapest it will ever be, and I don't do very many of these, just $5.00 for real art on a card until the end of this month, October. So until Halloween, Mm -hmm. you can jump on board to this. And uh, if you sweet talk me, I'll uh, sweet talk Trevor into throwing in some art too. (laughs) But I'll charge buckos for it. By the time you hear this, you're not going to have long to jump on that. Nope. Because it's going to be the last episode. But you'll have a few days. Yep. All right. I don't time things out well. (laughs) And despite Johnny's podcasting skills and choice of friends, he's actually a good artist, so check it out. Um, So Patreon... We have four Patreons, and we're thankful for each and every one. And uh, maybe they'll tell all of their friends, and then we'll have uh, eight Patreons. So, uh, Andrew Coed, you're we're awesome. Su- we're assuming they have one friend yeah, each. You have one friend each. <laughs> if you just tell one friend. Yeah. So, Andrew Coed. I feel like they should. 
Every time Johnny interrupts me, I'm going to say your name again, so... I feel like they should just show... We should do a commercial for Retro Bliss Patreon and just play that really sad uh, yeah. music. Do you remember me? Just show our, our fat, stupid faces. Our fat faces crying and <laughs> yeah. eating french fries. <laughs> I will remember you. Yeah. Let's just donate to these people, please. <laughs> They're pathetic. Help them. Yeah. <laughs> so, Andrew Coed, thank you for helping us become less pathetic. Uh, Caleb Dixon, you're the man, and we really uh, appreciate it. Michael Thompson, well, you, sir, Johnny, help me out. What you, is- sir, are a uh, good individual. A I don't want to be mean because he's, he's giving to us. Uh, he's, uh, what's a word that's above angel-like? <laughs> Heaven, that's kind of angel-like. Super angel-like? Super angel Michael Thompson. He's like... Uh, we're like the Nintendo and we're good. Mm-hmm. He's the Super Nintendo. Oh, he yeah. takes our goodness and makes it even more goodness. Super. Yeah, even it's, more goodness. Even more goodness. And then even. Mike Vito. Mike Vito, you're real neato. <laughs> <laughs> now on that note, let's never do this podcast again. I'm done. <laughs> That's how we're going to lose Patreon. Yeah. Mike if Vito. I, if we, I was him, I would stop donating money to us. <laughs> I'm sure you never heard that before. Just like his Christopher Kellogg's never heard about his cereal. That's right. He never yeah. gets that joke ever. Nope. Just like I've never been told, hey, Johnny, uh, what about those apple seeds? <laughs> and he's like, your parents yep. were never going to name you Benjamin because that would be dumb. Yep. My mom wanted to name me Benjamin. Yep. Franklin. But she didn't because she has a heart. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to go work on my cot experiment. Yeah, that's a good idea. And uh, you go work on your apple seeds. <laughs> yes. And then we'll... Uh, we'll get together and play another game next week. Okay. Or technically, to be fair, behind the curtain a couple weeks from now since you're going away on vacation. But yeah, this is this is it, though, for Retro Scare Month. Yeah, this is it. So happy Halloween, everybody. This is it. You'll never hear Countess Johnny's voice again. That's probably not true. That's not true at all. Yeah. So uh, have fun getting candy and being safe and play some of these games with your kids if you have kids. If you don't, play some with people you can trap in your basement and make play games with you (laughs) speaking of i'm gonna let johnny go now but i don't have any friends it's kind of weird because i trap you down here and force you to play games but you don't have any friends so you're not sure if you like it or not that's right it's Hmm. what's that thing when uh, somebody's been kidnapped stockholm syndrome thank you that's where i was going you knew where i was going with that retro bliss stockholm syndrome to our listeners that's right thanks for uh listening i guess go get candy and tell us what your favorite candy is. And if you uh, agree with my favorite candy, then uh, maybe we can be friends after I that. I really don't care what your favorite candy is. It's Reese's Pieces. <laughs>